1: Good morning and welcome to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green, and shortly I will be joined by my friend and partner, Dana Southern, and speak of the devil. He just walked in the door. We have a very special guest with us this morning, uh, Clay Dudois, who is the general manager of Arrowhead BMW in, I believe it's Peoria. Glendale. Glendale, yeah, Glendale, right off the 101. And one of the things I wanted to ask Clay and talk to him about was... Dealerships have practices and dealerships have ways of doing business. And one thing that the public may not know is you guys are the only single point store. Now, there is a difference between the Chapmans and there is a difference between Penske because one is a publicly traded company. One is a family owned business. Now, there's a difference, I think, when it's a family-owned business that's on 17 or 18 stores versus a store that has one point. And the biggest thing that I think of
2: is consistency. Well, the uh, first thing I got to say is, Lord have mercy, buy me a BMW. Yes. Not a (laughs) Mercedes-Benz. That's the first thing. Did I
1: say Mercedes-Benz? No,
2: not you. (laughs) The your, your guys intro has that little music song there. that says, "Oh, buy a oh Lord, buy so me." I just want to make sure they know to buy a BMW. I yep. think the Lord said, "Buy a BMW." Yeah, we didn't write the song. We didn't write no, the song. No, I understood. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, the, the 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 best. Well, actually, two good things about you know being a single point, uh, not a public company, and not a big uh, you know dealership has got or a group that has 15, 18, 20 some deals across three states is two big things for us has been. We've been able to really recruit some really good people. And, you know, you talk about the car business. We're not in the car business. We're in the people business. Uh, and that's what we've been able to pick up because a lot of guys that have been in these car dealerships for a while in bigger companies like these haven't been able to move, haven't been able to get out there and do their, their, what they want to do and do the right things for the consumers. So they get kind of handcuffed in there.
1: You know, it's, it's funny that you said that because one thing that I found, and Dana will agree with this, is that we do a lot of business with Earnhardt
3: stores. We've had very good success with knowing some wonderful people there. And I could
1: only think of the 10 years that almost that Dana and I have done our company, I can only think of one general manager that left his position not by his choice.
3: You know, it's an interesting company in that, unlike most dealership groups, and of course we're not here to talk about those today, but <laughs> they, they have a, a, a wonderful consistency compared to most without question. No. But that's a nice thing about when they started, they had one point. Mm-hmm. And when this nice gentleman is talking about, and, and as you know, when when you have the ability to hire and pick and select the, the group of people that you choose to work with, it's a blessing that is far different than than trying to staff these m- mega machines or these big corporate companies. There's, there's not the same type of ability to, to screen, I don't think, and or select the same type of person.
1: Now, when I went to work in the car business, it was October of 1988. And they don't tell you this when you're interviewing for a large dealership like this. But Dana will correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that I found out after I was hired that the turnover rate at ABC Nissan in 1988 was 300%.
3: And and that was probably low. And I don't know if most people could understand what you meant by that. But hypothetically, if they had 50 sales representatives that worked there between the new and used car department, in an average year, they would turn over at least 150 of them. I don't believe that would ever happen with a nice gentleman to my right.
1: You know, and, and it's funny what you said because you don't think... So when I interviewed in 1988... I interviewed, and there were probably 150 people at the embassy suites on Scottsdale Road in Chaparral. And through the hiring process, they only chose 10 people. It's not like today, and the joke that I talk about today with some of these car dealerships, the interview process is, can you pass a drug test? And if you can't, when can you pass a drug test? How many felonies have you been convicted of? And I'm being sarcastic, but what I'm saying is it was a lot harder in 1988 to get a job in a car dealership than it is today. And I believe that when I was hired, they picked 10 people out of the 150, and after 90 days, there were only three of
3: us left not uncommon. How about your dealership, young man?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I think uh, going back as I got in business in 1986 and very similar to to what Gary went through in many stores back then was they had training classes every week. I mean, they graduated a class of 10 uh, probably a week and we we didn't keep three. It was probably back then one or two that you could keep, but their, their hiring was, you know, they'd bring people in from every genre and bring them in. Today's very different. Today, the, you know, the quality of Number one, it's a balance between life and work. I mean, if you can't get that done with your team, you're going to have huge turnover. Uh, you know, we were all a, a product of that way back in ABC Nissan. I ran stores in Vegas where you it just was hours on top of hours you worked, and a lot of people just they had called to it
3: leave. the B shift. I think be there early and yep. be there late, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and just be there when we're open. Yeah.
1: You know, and yeah. it's funny what you what you just mentioned because I could remember what you said about a balance, yeah. and I'll never forget. It was October 31st, 1997. And I was the only sales manager that had little children. And they actually worked with me on my schedule that I was the 5 o'clock guy to go home so I could trick-or-treat with Mm -hmm. my kids. I know what that means. And, And the crazy thing about things were... When you were leaving and you were the early guy out, you could count on the GM, no matter who it was, in the Van Tyle organization at that time. Uh, where are you going? Are all the appointments confirmed? How many appointments does your team have? How many cars did you guys sell? You're going home and we only sold four cars? You're going home and we didn't matter how many cars you sold. It was always you're going home and we only have this many deals.
3: They were not thinking about quality of life or family. They were simply thinking about their needs. And and the crazy thing was the
1: general manager grabbed me and he needed me to do something for him before I went home. And it was a little after five. I didn't get to go home till one o'clock in the morning. It was a paperwork thing that he needed me to work on with the finance director in the dealership. And it's like Kalei just said, it is a combination of dedication, hard work, but you have to have your priorities in life. And, And I tell everybody that I talk to that, you know, the most important thing that you can do is keep your eye on your family Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter at the end of the day how much money you have. If you go home to an empty house, you're not a happy
3: person. I can assure you as a single parent, I can appreciate that as much as anyone could. Now I'm going to go back to talking about Calais Store. We met by accident.
1: I have friends. I know pretty much, I know three out of the four general managers in town I have not met the gentleman that runs the store in Chandler because I don't make it to Chandler that often and I don't I don't go to places where are not convenient for myself and the customer. Well, a few months ago a dear friend of mine called me up and said, "Gary, I need your help. My wife wants an X5." Okay, great. I mentioned my friend's name, I mentioned the dealership. He says, "Well, we already went and drove some and I found one that I really like." So, when you find a car at a dealership and you talk to a salesperson about it, no matter how great of a dealership that has with the other dealership, there's never going to be a dealer trade. Mm-hmm. Because they know that they're working the same. Now, there are certain circumstances that, yes, they'll still trade the car. So I went online and I looked at the dealership's inventory, and the car that my friend picked out, nobody, I mean, nobody, had the car. And that means it's one of two things. It's a color nobody wants. And normally what it is, it's a color nobody has seen, so they don't realize how great the car actually looks. And it was a light, light, almost white, cream leather interior. I don't know what they call it. Oyster. It's beautiful. And it's gorgeous. But it's not the X5 color for the mom with three little kids. (laughs) Not the soccer mom vehicle. (laughs) And I walked in and I met the general sales manager, Matt, walking across the showroom floor and he's with the salesperson and he's not chastising him. He's just explaining to him about certain things that you don't explain to customers. And I stopped Matt and I said, Hi, Matt, my name's Gary and that's my client that you're talking about and don't worry, I got you covered. He said, What do you mean? I said, The salesman told me, my client told me that the salesman told him they could switch wheels from one car to the other. It, It doesn't work that way. It doesn't, okay? And I explained that to him. So right off the bat, Matt and I hit it off really well. And it was probably in the last nine years the easiest transaction I've done in any BMW store. It's... Our business is about the same thing that Clay's business is about, relationships. He has to form relationships with people. He has to be extra careful with the people and how he treats them because one bad, one unhappy person is worth, is worse than 100
3: happy people. I don't think most people realize the the impact that the survey can have on both the dealer and the employees of the dealership. And maybe you could help them to understand that obviously when someone's buying a luxury car and and obviously they're having a, a special experience. I was there with one of my clients and they were treated exceptionally well. And and hopefully you can expect that in a Highline store. Not that you always get it, but you're yeah. certainly going to get it there. But can you help?
2: Yeah. You know the the biggest thing for well the survey counts is I've, I'm a believer in you fix the store, not the score. I think we were all car guys that have been in the business for a long time, and when customer satisfaction scores came out, it was all about making sure we treated customers right. And most dealers are just doing okay. We'll pay another group of guys to. Make sure we call them on every survey and say, hey, make sure I got a 10, right? Or free Instead oil change or something. Yeah, or something free. We'll give you floor mats or whatever. At the end of the day, is that will never fix the store. Uh, that's a band aid. Yeah, the biggest thing is you've got to have a relationship with the customer. you got to deliver. You have to deliver. Uh, look, never judge a book by its cover and what they're going to buy or who can buy a car.
1: You know, very special thanks for Clay joining us today. And he's going to stick around for a little bit longer. And we'll be back after a short break.
5: Make a plan
0: today to get your house checked.
5: Visit brightfocus.org to learn more.
1: Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 96 of The Patriot. I let my friend and dear business partner, dear friend and business partner, run down to Starbucks to grab himself a cup of coffee while I sit here with Clay and talk a little bit. But a very special thanks to the Earnhardt family of dealerships. You know, it was very interesting. A couple of weeks ago on the news, they had a news clip on ABC 15 about Tex, and he started 60 some odd years ago he was 21 years old and I believe today they have 19 stores and it was very humbling listening to him talk because he's not the guy that you know he walks around in his cowboy boots his wranglers his button down western shirt and a cowboy hat and he says hello to everybody and you can obviously see that the man has slowed down I just want to be standing up at 89, let alone walking through the dealership. But it was so humbling to hear him say when his kids were on with him, Jim Babe and Hal, and they talked about their dad, that you can't buy him a present. He not only doesn't spend money on himself, he doesn't want people to spend money on him. And his exact words were, I just want to be remembered as a good guy. So now we're going to go ahead sixty years because you're the same guy that Tex was sixty years ago. What was it like from the very first day you knew you were building the store in Glendale?
2: Well, the very first day was uh, was all about uh, the relationships and how we we're going to treat our customers, and 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 just as important, if not more important, how we were going to treat our client advisors and our associates in in the in house. So. You, you know, a lot of guys might will hear me talk in my sales meetings about the balance, and we kind of talked a little bit about that in the first uh, first half here, and it's a balance between life and, and work, and, and obviously, we don't want to work, uh, we don't want to live the work. You know, we really want to we want to work to live, and, and I think, uh, I, I happened to meet uh, Mr. Earnhardt many years back when I was running a Honda store in Vegas, and an excellent guy, I mean, a guy that we would all in the car business want to follow. Um Done the right thing, did it for many many years, and the rewards are unbelievable. Uh, I take the same effort in our in our dealership out here at uh, Arrowhead BMW out in Glendale. It's the same thing. It's uh, you know let's be remembered for doing the right thing, the right time, all the time. Not just when it's convenient for us, but if we, if some's coming to a customer or an advisor or a client or an associate, they get taken care of. You know, and the, and the and the big thing is this: when when you're driving around.
1: And you're looking for a car. One thing you have to remember about this dealership in particular, it is a destination that yeah. you're going to. Yeah. Because if you go out to North Scottsdale, you have the entire Chauncey Ranch. I call it the Rodeo Drive. Correct. And it really is. <laughs> you know, and then if you hit Camelback, you hit Camelback from 12th Street to 16th Street, and you have all of those dealerships there as well. And actually, it's more now. All the way, almost to Seventh Street, because you have the brand new Lexus dealership, you have the brand new BMW dealership. Now, one of the things that I'm not a fan of, and Clay won't have to deal with this. They did a wonderful job redoing Chapman BMW and Camelback. It used to be a Toys R Us. Wow! And then BMW comes in and decides we want to brand our stores. We want all of our stores to look exactly the same. Now, this is not a new thing. Mm -hmm. In 1989, I wanted to go to work, and I interviewed, and I actually didn't like one of the guys I interviewed with, so I didn't take the job. But it was an Infinity dealership, and at that time, Infinity, I believe, gave the dealers two choices on how to build your dealership. You can build it this way. You can build it that way. You can have this color and you can have that color. And the thing that used to make me laugh the most was on 3rd Avenue or 6th Avenue in Indian School in the middle of Phoenix in not the greatest neighborhood in the world was the busiest Mercedes store in town. Mm. And then the Schumachers were on. I want to say the Schumachers were on Hayden. And they decided that they were going to move their business to Scottsdale Road. And it was one of the stupidest things I believe that the city of Scottsdale ever did. They allowed all those dealerships to sign up on the west side of Scottsdale Road, not the east side of Scottsdale Road, and all of that sales tax. And I don't know what the number is. Calais could figure it out because he knows what he pays in sales tax on one store. But in the middle of the night, Mr. Penske decided he was done playing with the city of Scottsdale, and he built all those stores in Phoenix. But the point that I'm making is when a manufacturer decides to enforce something upon a dealership, it's a trickle-down effect. Oh, yeah. They can't afford to continue business on the same path when they just had to redo their store for new who knows how many millions. Millions. You know, but the facility that he has is second to none. Yeah. It's one of the prettiest stores in town. And I remember when I moved to town, the store that everybody talked about was Lund Cadillac. It's a fries, food, and drug store now. Now, when I say that, they didn't turn the dealership into a fries, they leveled the store. Now, when this all happened, a gentleman by the name of Larry Van Tile purchased from the Lunds Lund Cadillac, which is now Arrowhead Cadillac, which is now owned by Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm a believer in dealing with the small people I really am. If I walk into a family business and I go to pay, they'll ask me, do you have a valued customer number? No, and as a matter of fact, I don't want one. You don't need to give me a free anything after I buy five. I'm glad that you're here as the small business. If you're looking for a BMW, I promise you this. If you walk in and you ask for Matt or Kalei and you tell them that you heard about them on the radio show, my f- scary feeling is you're going to get treated the same way either way. Now, I can promise you there's probably a couple of things that Dana and I could do to help you through the process that makes our fee worth your while. But it's it's a great store. It really is great people. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed was when I helped the gentleman buy the car. The young man who delivered the vehicle was probably 22 years old. Chris and he knew, he was he was scared of selling cars. He was one of their tech geniuses. And what that is, and what's really cool is, when you buy a car like a BMW, you buy a car like a Mercedes, the salesman introduces you to somebody before you go home. Now, every car is becoming so technologically advanced these days that it's not even funny. My wife has a Dodge pickup truck that has a self-parking app. And it's not autonomous because you have to work the brake. When you hit, when you put the car into reverse, it starts to park by itself. But if you don't hit the brake when you need to, you are stopped by the car or the object that you hit. But it's all about, I don't care what it is in the car business, it's all about relationships. And Dana and I were excited when we met Clay and Matt and we saw what it was like to do business with them because the first thing I told my friend when when he told me about where the car was, I don't need new friends in the car business. After 30 years, you know, Dana knows a bunch of people. I know a bunch of people, but We appreciate how they treat people. It's a great store. Very special thanks to uh, Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen, located at 8801 West Bell Road in Peoria, Arizona. They truly are a store just like the BMW dealership Arrowhead. They're a single-point franchise, and they don't treat people poorly.
0: you should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in
5: foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt US Kids in the Ad
2: Council.
1: Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm here with my friend and partner, Dana Southern, and we are Your Car Insiders. We work for you not the dealer. You know, we've been talking to Clay earlier in the show and you know, we kind of forgotten a couple of things. One of the things that's most important is if you want our help, you can always reach me at 602-525-1370. You can reach Dana at 602-679-8324. Once again, my number is 602-525- 1370. Dana's number is 602-679-8324. You know, one of the biggest things, and I didn't get to really share about it when Clay was here, was part of what we do is we're not brokers. We don't get you a price on a car and then let the finance manager do whatever they want to do to you in the finance office. So I helped somebody a couple of weeks ago went to a dealership where I know the sales manager, and when I helped this client buy the car, I didn't even tell Dana this story, he's gonna crack up when I tell him this. I went out to the dealership and I worked the whole deal before the client went out, and I don't ever, ever, ever do that, but I had to in this situation because my friend needed to trade to get the car that my client was buying. With him buying the car, he's not gonna trade for a sixty thousand dollar Rubicon knowing until he knows it's a deal. So we worked the whole deal on Saturday and try to get a dealer trade done on a Saturday. Good luck. Very hard. So come Monday, we found the two vehicles. They were identical except for tires, and the car that had the tires he wanted, the dealership was being a little bit obnoxious to try to get the car from. And the customer said, listen, I'm not going to blow this deal up over the tires. Get me the other car with the other tires. Will will you explain what you meant? I I think I know what you meant. This has nothing to do with the conversation. Okay. So the manufacturer does not put what kind of tires are on the MSRP. They might put a size, but they never put a brand. So even though it was two different tires, one didn't say, BF Goodridge and one didn't say whatever the other one was. And I can't even remember what it was. It started with an F. And the crazy thing was, we had worked this deal, we put everything together, and we got there, and the finance manager says, hey, do you want to pitch this guy on buying the car? Because the payment's the same. I said, really, the payment's the same? For how many months? So if a guy is looking at a 36-month lease... And the finance manager starts to talk to you about buying the car. And he mentions 90 months. Get up, raise the hair over your face and say, does it say stupid?
3: Well, when when you just said what you said, if, if you're... A person that's gone in to agree to terms on a new vehicle and in this case a a very nice one can you imagine any scenario where the person that works at the dealership once you get into the office where typically they have their best negotiators where it's their intention to help save you by doing something different than what you initially agreed to In most cases, when they're trying to convert you from what you've agreed to, they have a reason, and that reason is not in your best interest. In most cases, I would suggest it is in their best interest. There could be a circumstance where you've gone in and made a decision where you arguably shouldn't have, And they might actually give you good advice, but that would be the exception to the rule. That would certainly not be something that you would ever expect to have happen. When the dealership is trying to persuade you to do things differently after you've already agreed to terms, I would think that's a red flag for sure. And God forbid it's for eight and a half years.
1: You know, and and the crazy thing was... You know, Dana just mentioned eight and a half years, okay? I've seen people offer 96 months on purchases, which is eight years. 90 months is still too long, which is seven and a half years. 84 months is still too long. So what I dislike about this and why I will never, ever... Dana, how many clients have you helped in the last nine years that leased cars nine years ago for thirty-six months? How many times have you helped them get their next car and their car after and their car after and their car after? Several times. Gary. Okay. how How soon are you going to be able to help somebody that finances a car for eighty-four months? I'm nowhere near the same timeline. So when the when the finance director, who was new in the dealership but knew me, looked at me and wanted to know. Can I pitch the 96-month purchase? And when I said no, he said, why? Why not? Because I said no. Sounded like a parent. Because I said so.
0: Welcome to Rodeo Four.
3: Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. Once again, my name is Dana Southern. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Gary Green. And collectively, we are Your Car Insiders. I want to send a special thanks out to the Earnhardt family of dealerships. Over the last going on nine years, several of their stores have been sponsors of our radio show. And over the course of those nine years have helped literally probably well over a thousand of our clients between the different dealerships. And when I say help them, I, I truly mean help them from from what they're willing to help us let the client buy the car for, to the terms if they're trading a vehicle in, to helping us offer the best rate that the client can qualify for, and most importantly, I think for just being good, honest, ethical people that when you deal with them, especially with us there, it is just so easy, transparent, and You
1: know, it's funny what you just said about people. So when they wanted to discuss this 90 month purchase, whatever it was, and I said no and they said why, we went through the whole thing, well I ran into another friend of mine, imagine that, me running into a friend that's in the car business, and he turns around and says that they end up... talking about the guy and the guy says oh I know him he's actually banned from our organization I said banned from your organization and he says yep he's not allowed to work in any of our stores so that tells me that he's probably not a guy that I really want to do business with
3: more than likely no Gary (laughs) you
1: know and it's it's you know, and the crazy part was he was he was pissing off the customer while we were doing the paperwork cuz he kept pitching products and certain products and this that the other thing and you know a guy who's leasing a car for 36 months and 45,000 miles may not necessarily be the best guy to be buying a warranty. Okay? It's not a bad idea because you're going to have 9,000 miles of unprotected usage. And you might be buying the car out at the end, and this guy will probably be buying the car out, because if you lease a car and the first thing you do is put 37-inch tires on it, and you're going to go four-wheeling with it, you probably won't be able to turn it in at the end of the lease and not get annihilated on excess wear and tear.
3: Separate note, based on what Gary just said, if you're planning on getting a vehicle and using it that way and taking it off-road and four-wheeling it, that's probably not the vehicle that you lease. That's a vehicle that you probably do a conventional purchase you know, on. And
1: I'll tell you, when I tried to explain to him the benefits to buying the car, as Dana just said, he was too smart to even listen to me explain the whole thing. Now, I am not a tax person, so if he knows a way to buy a car personally in your name that's not your name, it's your fiancé's name, and then run the car through your business and use it as a tax write-off in your business, I'm not going to argue with you.
3: We're not going to give that type of guidance or advice because obviously we're not qualified to, and that's not what we do. What we do is help people do something that for most people is just not that easy. The the average person that goes to buy a vehicle is really not properly prepared to engage in the transaction that they're about to engage in. And it's not because they're not smart. It's it's not because they're not intelligent or capable. It's, it's simply that it's a, an area and a field that obviously we're only in when it's time for us to acquire or, or get a, another car. And the bottom line is the dealership's job is, of course, to do everything in their power to sell you a car. And your job, of course, is to hopefully, when the time comes, buy the right car for you at the best terms possible. Those two things may have nothing in common. What the dealer wants to do and what you want to do can, can be completely you know, separate. And most importantly, they're not there for the sole purpose of making sure that you get what you really want, what you need and that you get the very best deal on what it is that you want and need. And that's what Gary and I help our clients do. We help them get the fairest, kindest, best deal that the dealership is willing to possibly sell it for. They won't sell it for any less. If you have a trade-in, We're going to, with our knowledge of the used car market, with our relationships and with our skill sets, we're going to get them to pay as much as they'll possibly pay for it. It, It's truly that simple. And if you're choosing to finance based on your credit, we're going to guide the calculation to the very best rate and terms that you are eligible for. And when Gary referenced, you know, these 90 months, you know, seven and a half years, I apologize for my mental brain fart earlier, or, you know, 84 months or or longer, we truly believe that if you have to finance a car that long, you simply can't afford it. You know, Dana said a, a very special thing, helping people. So
1: I got a phone call from a salesman in a car dealership that I know and I do business with. And he said, could you help my friend buy a car? But my friend could be a pain. I said, Jason, I'll figure out your friend really quick. And if I can help him, I can help him. Well, not only did I help his friend, his friend thinks I'm the god of the car business. He's referred numerous people to me already in the last months. And he met you. And the young lady he referred to me the other day, we spoke on the phone and she made a mistake of saying something. When somebody says to me, This is what I want and this is what I want to pay, you call me and tell me that you're going to meet dial tone. Okay. We're not told what to do. Okay. We help you buy the car. So when she explained to me, I let her speak and explained to me what she wanted to do. And then I called her back and said, she told me I misunderstood what she said. I said, no, I understood exactly what you said. However, you said it incorrectly. So let's do this. No harm, no foul. But if that's what you're trying to accomplish, I cannot help you. No harm, no foul. I called my friend back and said, don't hold the car. Now, she had visited two or three other dealerships, and they told her that they do not have the car exactly the way she wants it, and if they did, it's MSRP for the vehicle. There will be no negotiating on this car because we don't get enough of them, and we sell every one of them at MSRP. Supply and demand
3: does matter on certain vehicles.
1: So Friday afternoon, late in the day, I got a text for her from her are we still on for tomorrow? Can we still go? And I said, well, let me make sure the car's still available. Now, by her calling me, she better now understand that it's not going to be what she wanted. It's going to be closer to what I said. So we meet Saturday. The car is hidden at the dealership. The salesman, who's a good friend of mine, took the keys home with him
3: love it when they do that for us. So
1: that was his way of, so when she got there, he pulled the car around. We went out and looked at her trade-in. And I thought what the trade-in was worth was this. Now, I called a buddy of mine at the BMW dealership to ask him what he thought this car was worth. And he said, Gary, if the car's perfect, the car's worth 11 grand. Now, I'm looking at the car and perfect is all in the eyes of the beholder. So when you have BMW M Sport alloy wheels, and every one of them has curb rash on it. Not perfect. That's three $400 dealership cost to fix those wheels. If they're not chrome. Right. Now, inside the car, there were a couple of things that were not working. One of them being the slide on the sunroof. So when I'm looking at the car, the number that comes to my mind is... Eight grand eighty five hundred bucks. $8, because the BMW dealership is going to go from eleven grand and subtract everything, and she won't get the tax savings if she sells the car. So when the GSM looked at the car, he said, Hey, blah, 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 blah. I think, you know, I'd really like to be nine grand ninety five hundred bucks bid in the car. And all I looked at him and said was, You think you can go to ten grand? Says, you know, if it helps make the deal, let's go to ten grand. Now, I didn't want to go back to him and say, can you put any more in the trade? Because he's going to then ask me, what are they selling the car for?
3: That can become a problem. (laughs)
1: So when I met with my friend, he printed the invoice on this car. That's a very tough car to find and said, Gary, it's not $1 under invoice. It's not $1 over invoice. I'll sell her the car for invoice. And this young lady looked at me and said, can they do any better? And I looked at her and I kind of chuckled and I said, you went to three or four other dealerships and they all told you MSRP. He's at invoice. I was thinking you were going to be closer to about $19,000. You wanted to be 15 grand. You're $17,311. It's now in your court. Do you want to buy the car or do you not want to buy the car? She took about an eighth of a second and said, now, I didn't say to her, oh, and if you don't want it, the keys are going up front. The car will be sold within the next three hours, probably. Because while we were there, two people came and asked, hey, do you still have the keys to this car? They're checked out to you.
3: Yes, I'm working a deal on the car. Had she left, more than likely that car would have been gone. So
1: she bought the car. And the funny thing was, when I got home, she sent me a text. It was so nice meeting you, thanking me so much for all the help and the great deal that I got her. When she saw the math in front of her, Dana, how many times do you sit at the desk waiting for the salesperson to come back with the pencil? Not very often at all. (laughs) How often are we at the desk telling them how to pencil the deal? Every or, time. or how pretty, we want it. Pretty much every time. And if they can't do what we want, they'll show us what they can do. But the funny part about it was I got a text while I was there. Can you help my sister by this? My name is so-and-so, and I know so-and-so from the cigar shop. And I said, as a matter of fact, I happen to be at that dealership. I'll be happy to wait for you. So I wait, and she shows up. And it was kind of funny that the math is what it is. If you are trying to buy a $30,000 car and you don't want a payment that's roughly in the $500 range,
3: don't go looking at the cars. Well, Gary, it's if you just take math and forget buying cars, if you take just the number 30000 and you divide it by 60 months or five years, it equals 500 a month so it's really easy math to to figure out that 30,000 divided by 60 equals 500 the key of course is if the car costs that much truly costs that much and you have tax and you have license and you have dealer documentary service fee and you're financing it you have finance charge and so needless to say if the car costs 30000 you still have to add for all those other things and therefore either take your term out longer or simply you can't fit a square peg into a round
1: hole. And the best part about it was when you finance a car with Toyota, it's very simple. You look at the rate sheet and there's all these different rates all along that say credit scores. Now, a 625 credit score does not get you anywhere near the lowest tier. So even at 0% for 72 months, the payment wasn't anywhere she was interested in doing. So finally I looked at her and I said, let me guess, we pulled your credit and you have a leased Volkswagen Jetta and you're now trying to buy a 2020 car that's 30 grand and you want the same payment that you have on your $16,000 Jetta. I just can afford 300 a month. Then you can't afford this vehicle. Once again, we're your car insiders. We work for you, not the dealership. Very special thanks to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen, 8801 West Bell Road. Very special thanks to Arrowhead BMW, located right off the Loop 101 between, I believe it's Yorkshire and Union Hills. and Lee and Union Hills, I believe. And very, very, very special thanks to the Hart family of dealerships.